Damn, I'm feeling good. I hope you guys are too. This is episode 29 of the Becoming Human podcast. This time, I'm going to do this episode solo. I just got a lot of adventures to share with you guys. And I've been thinking a lot about my um, my journey into Tent City 5 in Seattle. I was going to release a podcast episode that I did there, but I had some technical issues, so I'm going to have to return to sit down with my friends and share their stories with you guys. I'm going to touch on my hunting adventures and my experience down at Tent City 5 and the homeless communities, also probably fatherhood. I don't know why I'm going to go there, but let's just do it, I guess. I'm going to start off with hunting, though. Um, so I got into bow hunting almost two years ago and I've never really had a high level of woodsmanship or understanding of the forest and nature before. And I didn't know anybody who hunted. So I just kind of jumped into it head first. It it was really difficult to start in the beginning and it, it really taught me a lot about myself in terms of um, how misinformed my insecurities were and um, also like what's important to focus on, whether um, between process and results. So like if you were to um, do anything like jujitsu, uh, archery, painting, and you you concentrate on the result like your your painting didn't turn out really good or you're trying to paint a castle so you obsessively fixate on the idea of a castle um you soon learn or i soon learned that y- you won't be able to succeed you will never get that result that you're fixating on so to focus on the process is what will create a desirable quality result. And that helped me out in my life as a whole. Like with parenting, for instance, if my um, son was really upset and he was throwing tantrum, the result would be, well, you need to be calm and that is an inappropriate way to behave. Whereas I would start to look at the process, kind of what ramped him up to there. And how to teach him how to stop that or circumnavigate it and um, redirect his his anger or his tantrum into a constructive way. Maybe I'm just stretching the shit out of that. But I felt like it's been really helpful in my own life. Um, so last year was my first year to actually go hunting. So I did a solo hunt with the black bear and forest grouse. That might sound stupid, but... Um, I had protection, I suppose. <laughs> I was unsuccessful with the black bear. I got my eyes on some, and I saw some of the most uh, beautiful country that I have ever seen. But I got came home with about uh, three grouse. Interesting thing about hunting is you get to see an aspect of the wilderness, at least if you if you hunt backcountry, that you normally wouldn't if you just hike trails, because. You see the most when you leave the trail or when you follow game trails, not human trails, which takes you to just very, very different places. And hunting commands a level of woodman, woodsmanship or knowledge of the wilderness that I didn't really have before, even in my days of backpacking. 
because especially with bow hunting and trying to get your effective range, or at least my effective range, is anywhere between 20 to 40 yards. And an animal's senses are so much more efficient, no, effective than mine. Like, an animal can smell you from so far off that even um, trying to use, like, scent deterrent devices where they can't smell you doesn't even necessarily work. That most of the best hunters play with the wind. So they'll they'll always keep the wind at their face or blowing at them. And you then have to develop this understanding of, of thermals, of when it's um, cold or when the sun rises, it heats up the peaks of the mountains and it causes like the pressure to change. So the air starts rushing up the mountain and you kind of turn into like a little bit of a weatherman. But then again, you, you start to um, get into what kind of food is within, you know, the region that you're hunting um, or exploring rather, but from trees to shrubs, berries. And then you understand like what happens when, um, when there's a clear cut from logging or or a fire, how there's like the regrowth comes up and it allows for uh, a larger holding carrying capacity for the animals, meaning, bigger populations because it provides them you know more food and then i started learning about tracking wildlife and being able to read their sign once i did that it almost like lit the whole wilderness up because when i was hiking down trails with my son I would see these little offshoots that you could just barely see impressions in the ground or even like little hobbles like underneath of bushes. And sometimes we would follow those. And my son was able to be immersed in in an entirely different wilderness than he was accustomed to, especially because we would go on the most popular trails to, you know, bag peaks and snap some pictures, which means that wildlife isn't as present up there. At least not in the abundance when you're um, tracking sign. And then you, you get to see all of these other beautiful places. And it's interesting because I used to have really low expectations for myself. And I wouldn't... Like, it would be difficult for me to, to clean up after myself. Um, to take care of any of my responsibilities. I would procrastinate things to no end. But not even just hunting, but going out into the wilderness to where the consequence of cutting corners and holding myself to lower expectations could seriously be life or death. So spending time in the backcountry almost commands a level of discipline for myself. And not even in this like rigid way where with a big old stick up my ass. It's just an awareness. Awareness that I I am capable of more. And, yeah. It's almost freeing in a lot of ways. I'd almost liken it to Jocko Willink's um, quote, discipline is freedom and motivation is unreliable. It's It gives you a, a sense of certainty. And also... structure guidelines to follow 
honestly, I think I wasn't successful with my black bear last year because I was really uncomfortable being in the backcountry uh, bushwhacking, having all of my um, camping gear on my back, climbing up and down ridges, looking for black bear. And the the one thing that would go through my head constantly was maybe this is the wrong spot. Maybe they're in another spot. Um, or this sign is too old. So it was like a constant cycle of doubts running within my mind. And in hindsight, as I got back home, I realized that that's my process through almost everything in my life. Whether when I'm with my son and I'm disciplining my son, you know, is this the right way to discipline him? And in a lot of ways, I even show that to him by not being as consistent and even with my friends, where I set boundaries, but I'll acquiesce at the slightest hint of, I wouldn't even say aggression, but dominance, rather, because of a huge lack of belief in myself. So putting myself in that position kind of opened that up to me. And I also felt really uncomfortable like, I missed having cell phone reception and a nice bed to sleep in, a shower, uh, being entertained frequently. And so I pulled out two days early out of my five-day hunt, and I came home with the grouse. At first, I was really happy to be home, be back, you know, with, with all, my, all my human things. And then it set in. I wasn't angry at myself, but I knew that I could do better. I knew that I could overcome those things. The trick was, I pretty much had a whole year to wait until I can try again. Because the season for most game species is right around the fall. So right about now. So every single month, afraid that I would regress in some way, I set out goals and I just chiseled and chiseled and did everything that I could to meet them this was a first for me I've never put this much effort into things in my entire life except for my son but I did that for my son out of fear of being an inadequate father this time I did it because I knew I could be better I was empowered. I was fired up. I was compelled. So I spent the months trying to do the trail running like Cameron Haynes. And that was, was really hard. <laughs> After a while, though, I started to crave it, which is really weird. I always think of it like a, a form of Stockholm Syndrome where you start siding with your captor over time. Um. And, but that discomfort started to go away. And I was noticing it in other things, whether it was in cold showers, um, the sauna, doing things like uh, that would make me socially anxious, for instance. My threshold for discomfort increased. And I just kept getting more fired up for the season. So here I am. I got my deer elk my deer my deer and elk tag i didn't get bear this year just because i wanted i wanted to 
to really send it and focus on both of these animals so that I can be um, successful. And when I say successful, I don't even mean to harvest the animals. I mean so that I can overcome all of the resistance that I feel inside when I'm in the wild. When I'm pursuing a goal. So I started off um, going for mule deer in uh, north central Washington off of the Cascades. It's a beautiful place. It's uh, very dry, surprisingly, just because it's on the east side. And the the peaks there are, are astounding. You literally go from, I think, what, 2,000 feet to 6,000 feet in like quarter of a mile. Everything is just straight up there. It's beautiful. And I went out to go hiking down this um, this large trail that was that it took me into an expanse of wilderness. But <laughs> I cut corners um, scouting and mapping. So when I got on the trail, I realized that I had to cut off to leave the trail and go up to another mountain. And I learning how to use topographical maps, the ones with the, the weird lines and shit on it. <laughs> I read it wrong and didn't pay enough attention and the drop would be rock climbing to get down and to be able to carry out a deer at least I thought at the time would be impossible so with low self-esteem I turned around and gave up and I went to some other spots that I considered would be good places because I didn't develop a plan B or C at the time once again, cutting corners. And I went into those places, but I barely spent any time scouring the places, following any trail. Um, so much so that I saw a couple of deer, but none of them were good shots. At least shots that I was comfortable taking. So I spent the weekend out there and had to pull back coming home empty-handed. Um, I learned a lot from that and realized that I couldn't cut corners. So I went back to all the scouting that I did on the maps for elk and I scouted even further and I used my knowledge that next weekend to go chase elk. Well, once again, I didn't create a plan B or C turns out the road was closed because of extreme fires in the area. So in a last-ditch effort, I went to another spot that um, there were quite a few hunters there. So I, I figured that I, I would kind of go around there and try to find my way in isolation. And I did that. I got onto some elk. I learned a lot more about the area in preparation for this long weekend that I have because I quit my job on Friday. And I'm going to go and head out into the wilderness for a while to go chase some elk as the rut comes to a close. And for those of you that don't know what the rut is, it's the when elk, it's breeding season for elk. So when they fuck, they get all wild and shit and scream. It's it's pretty cool. Um, so I've done my research. I've created a plan A, B, and C, and I'm gonna use all of this knowledge and newfound self esteem <laughs> to bring it home and conquer all of the resistance that I meet, at least most of it, but it's, it's a lot of fun, I was really surprised to learn that it was more than just harvesting an animal, 
It wasn't just a bunch of hicks out in the woods getting fucking hammered. In fact, that actually holds you back from being successful. And yeah, and it's nice to be able to be disconnected. I see the value in technology, but I also see the value in the absence of technology. Having both is very important to me now. I feel like I'm coming into my own a lot more, kind of understanding myself. I don't know myself, but I at least know where I fall flat and where I rise to the occasion. And it's, it feels really good. I probably haven't felt this happy in a long time, despite a lot of the things that I struggle with. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll move on from hunting. Oh yeah, and after the elk, I'm going to go hit some mule deer. And I'll share those experiences with you guys, too. It's a lot like Skyrim to me. Like, when you play an RPG, um, I used to play a lot of video games when I was a kid. So, like, Skyrim, I, I just love that a- aspect of, you know, going on a map and exploring, discovering all of these uh, points of interest, whether that's, like, a cave, um, a camp of some sort, or, like, bandits roaming. But what's cool about being in the wild is you encounter those things, except bandits roaming and shit, but you encounter caves and interesting mountains and different wildlife, and it's it's really cool. Like, I, I was, when I was out elk hunting, I even found a cave, and lying outside of the cave was a bunch of um, strewn elk bones, and you can tell that there was cougar in the cave. Not at the time. I went in the cave and there was nothing in there. Um, But because there was shit like scattered throughout the cave on all these different little trails. And it had hair wound up in the shit. And usually that's hair of a predator because they're eating other hair, obviously. Um, And it was just, it was really cool. It was spooky too because I found the elk remains. And I look up and I just see a cave. And I'm alone in the wilderness. And then I look up even more. And I see this, like, rock that explodes into the sky um, and comes at um, comes up almost as, like, a, a plateau. So I decided to, eh, why not climb up there? I climbed up there, and I spent a couple of hours just looking at the swaths of wilderness at my feet through my binoculars. And oftentimes, I never sit that still before. Unless I'm looking behind some binoculars. I literally will sit there for hours just picking apart the wilderness. Deviation from being so busy all the time. I recently went out to um, Tent City 5 down in Seattle with my, my friend Mike. To record an episode for the podcast. And we had some technical issues there so I had to toss it. But it was really cool. I was surprised by the people that I encountered there. All of them were very kind to me, and they reminded me of friends and family that I had. And not the worst of my friends and family, the spectrum of them. So Tent City 5 is a homeless encampment in Seattle that is sustained by um, non-profits in the area. Basically, it's like, it's a lot in an industrialist district, and it's surrounded by fences, 
and they have um, these like semi-permanent tent dwellings there. And then they have where like uh, designated people stay, and then there's uh, dorms where it's separated from you know men and women, so that uh, people who are staying there not necessarily temporarily but while they're full can stay in the dorms. And there's a huge process to be able to um, gain residency into Tent City Five. They have to. Um, I think they have to stay for a certain amount of days and then they get vetted out um, by, I think it's one of the social services in Seattle. Um, We'll dig more deeper into it in um, the episode that I do with them and I'll make sure to bring it up for you guys. But they they actually have like a democratic system where they vote in the regulations that they have um, and... Nobody else outside of their community is involved in that. They actually have uh, one of the like the the leaders uh, or one of the representatives from a nonprofit who sits in just to monitor it, not to um, put any input or regulate what they can and cannot do. And then they um, they have like a whole system there where everyone has to be do a security service where they walk around the perimeter, um, you know, one shift a day for each. And then they have like a whole hierarchy of uh, people who care for the facility. In their food, it's I think it's it's brought in by a nonprofit or a couple of nonprofits rather, and it, it was really cool. I was very surprised by how much they looked out for each other and how close the community was. They're actually expanding because the local businesses really like having them around because they you know make money off of them for at the like uh, the qfc uh, or the local grocery store and other businesses around and um so they got an approval for like an expanded space it was interesting too because they had if you were to go there and you were to use any substances on the premises then you would be um, exiled from the community, or I think you'd get a, a warning, a couple of warnings, and then eventually exiled from the community. And they would smoke, you know, smoke weed, drink alcohol like the rest of us. They would use, they would recreate with substances. And it was just if you were to show signs of going overboard, they would exile you from the community, which I thought was um, really cool. I gotta stop using that word. But that resonated with me because, like, to cast people out is is damaging to a society as a whole. Because eventually, you'll just have swaths of human beings who are helpless on the streets. And I don't mean that in an empathetical way. Like, it's sad. I mean, it is in, eventually, you will have many humans out on the streets and capable of fending for themselves or capable but utilize using means that is harmful to the community like and so it's developing these coping mechanisms that i find fascinating and i kind of want to explore further um it was there was a one individual there and he he moved up here because i think he lost his family down in texas and he he had a job he's never been homeless before and just ran a a string of bad luck and 
he he couldn't afford to to make a living at least to provide a house for himself and it was interesting i gotta stop saying that too if you don't have an address then you can't get a job so if you get kicked out of your place it would it's very it seemed very difficult to be able to find a means of supporting yourself especially when most just basic level jobs make it nearly impossible to be able to put a roof over your own head i met another guy who was 17 days homeless he was coming from north dakota um off of the oil refineries and he was telling me that once you're considered homeless it is almost impossible or very difficult to be able to kind of transcend that stigma because when you're considered homeless then you everyone considers you as like you're you're needy you're you know you're you're vagrant you need water you smell um you're you're lazy like there's all of these thoughts that go with it and i understand that cuz i've had those same thoughts myself but once you're marked it's really hard to wash away that mark. And I'm sure some of you have experienced, once you're told you are something, it's really hard to believe that you're something else. And I've been there in my own life. So it really hit me hard when I heard that. And I don't know how you would tackle that kind of problem. Because it's, you could give somebody a job, that's one thing, but it's, how we perceive ourselves is huge in this life. Like I was talking about earlier with hunting and having insecurities and it leading to my, um, to being unsuccessful. Like if I believed that I was homeless, that this is where I am now that I'm stuck and you damn well believe that I'm stuck. And there was some kids there too. And they were really nice. They were much like my son. They weren't what my imagination would have told me or had me believe, you know, just wild children. I really got to connect with these people, and I'm excited to go back. I don't want to um, kind of delve into their stories without them actually sharing it. So I'll just kind of cut it off there. But if you guys would like to um, help out, you can always uh, send care packages to Tent City 5 in Seattle, Washington. They are always looking for any kind of help. And you would, I would think originally that, oh, they just want handouts. Honestly, they just want jobs. Just jobs. But it was... It was very refreshing, and it restored a lot of gratitude within my own life, especially when I'm struggling. My son just went to um, school, and I start school next week. God, I feel so bad talking about struggling and after I just got done talking about um, the homeless. But I guess struggle is relative. <laughs> um, and... He's over in Idaho, and now instead of it being 50-50, he's over in Idaho for good, except on holidays. And that was, going back to the doubt thing, it was very hard for me to contend with that kind of self-doubt. And whether or not that I, I'm a good father or not, and I'm making choices that are to the benefit of him and I. And 
but through these process of hunting, even especially even my last elk hunt, I I've gained considerable certainty and realized some things that I need to work on as well. Things are really confusing and nothing's as black and white as I always thought they were as a kid. It's like, it's almost like I'm blind and I'm trying to fend my way through the dark and slowly but surely I'm gaining more and more senses with the knowledge that I'll never be able to see, feel, or hear completely clear. Just enough to get by. I just rambled the fuck out of all this and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to call this shit fucking confessions or something, man. God damn. Um, yeah. If you guys like this, um, let me know and I'll keep doing them. If not, we'll bury this shit together. <laughs> uh, we'll bury it like a dead body. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the beginning of your fall. And I'm going to play you out with a song by Christoph Crane. <laughs> When I was an angsty, <laughs> struggling little fucking child, this man's music helped me gain some sort of resolve and helped me understand what I was struggling with and that I don't have to be like the people around me. I was in some fucking dark places when I was a kid, so... Here we go. Hmm. Underwater blue flame swimming in smoke To a cave with a fist full of crystals Dead center in the making A minute rules never been broke So tell me what's the fix for it Send him home Connie then race to the throne All praise give that a go Fangs to the throat That's angst more animal Cinema cinema play Cinema cinema play Cinema cinema play Cinema cinema play I got shocked when a force unseen Started breeding tornadoes in me Cops to degree how to speak softly and unlearn how they taught me to be. Mimic the mantra, I'll make them a new one. Pass the background, check with flying colors. I got nothing to offer your altar. Better statue made a water, sniffing out the lies, biting off the collar. Color gets with the naked truth. Break rules like a taste of fruit. They hang low a little late to bloom. I came too far, so I sang tunes, but they never rang true. Follow, 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 sleep. Follow, follow, sleep. Follow, sleep. Follow, follow, sheep. Follow, follow me. Shake me, help me stay awake. I'm face to face with this gate. This gate, it keeps changing shape. I gotta raise the blade, bring the bad thread on the cutting edge. Try to, try to, try to put me in a box like a frog in a pot. Slowly going to the top. Before I was born, bred ready for the war. Conform to the norm, was swarm with the flock. Pop. Between a rock and a soft spot. Kept quiet, hit the brakes, screech to a stop. High beams thicker in a dark space. Infinite fetal ties, murmur the pulsing rhythm of life. Guiding half slashing back, roaming that collapsing sort of solution. Illusion set trap one more time till the sun sets rising.
Yeah, it's the golden age. Go out your mind while I'm coming out face. I'm running out of mask, I'm running out of states. Started at the finish line, so I wouldn't want to race. I committed to the apple tree and I bit it. Drop down, down on my knees, I admit it. Came yo free to the stream, jumped in it. The act so vivid, the hero is mythic. Forever listen to the long lost, never forgot songs. Spin him in a night, killing him slow. Feeling them on steady, chipping the block. A heavy low, splitting image of God, the clothes neon. Hot sucking it from the steam, the flow free on. Big blink state, I can lay both feet on. Diving deep through a hole, no freedom. Sky shake out of the bones, the soul's beyond. A full fledged in the midst of a whirlwind sway while it's swirling, sinking the chaos. Cinema, cinema, play. Cinema, cinema, play. Found a new wave to surf, hazy faded in the days of blur. Promise not to fall dead in the face of rebirth. They try to cage the unknown with some mystery lyrics. I'm like, start to fight. Always been a little more dark than light. Stones to grind, sparks to fly. Always had a little more heart to mind.